The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. I'm sorry, so sorry. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Mark. You found Financial Food for Thought? My name is Mark Daly. I've got Carrie Waddell. And let me introduce you, ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States. Good afternoon, everybody. That's not funny, Mark. He's got the mask on. He, he forgot That's he had the mask funny, on. That's not funny, Mark. <laughs> Wait, sh- okay, now, we, now he's just so many keyed him, he's got to take the mask off. For hosting us tonight. You know, uh, I just met Sarah Johnson. I thought I saw Sarah somewhere in here. So he's introducing a, uh, the next plank Noah, of his tax agenda or tax plan or new plan for America, Build a Better America. Right? And this is a $775 billion plan to fund universal child care and in-home elder care. Where's your little cha-ching button? <laughs> so let me skip ahead here. She's worried about her job as a dental assistant. See if I can find... Changes and, uh, well, sometimes the uh, while building a clean energy future, here we go. Increasing jobs, jobs good. today. I'm outlining the third plank of my Build Back Better program, mobilizing a 21st century care and elderly childhood education workforce to deal with the caregiving crisis, and it's a crisis in this country. If we truly want to reward work in this country, we have to ease but, the you financial know, burden. He's starting to slow down a bit. Care and, you know, I mean, a little bit, I would think. Slow Joe. The compensation. You know, it's like the slow gin fizz. Do you, know, you ever have a slow gin fizz, Kerry? No. Oh, you have to ask your dad to make you one of those. Slow, yeah, I, I think that's the name of the old cocktail. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard the name, Mark. So slow Joe Fizz. He's got, you know. So he's going on and on. But not really saying anything? Well, not getting to the point, I guess, to say. Well, he's not letting anyone ask questions, but that's coming at the end, right? we got to get the Q&A. So let me skip ahead a little bit. The joy and love are always there. But it's hard. He's getting slower and slower. I know, it's hard. It's, it's really hard, Carrie. <laughs> He's thinking. It's very hard for him to think. Emotionally and financially. Okay, I'm skip up ahead Didn't he here. say that again? Emotionally, financially. He was repetitive. This is a fresh okay, we're 17 minutes into the press conference. Yeah, he hasn't taken the question yet. Me. Help us recover faster and stronger. Talk about jobs packages. There's a big push on shovel ready. Here we go, shovel ready, Carrie. I told you that was coming. Manage the Recovery Act of 800 plus billion dollars. I always focused on shovel ready jobs. What we could do immediately to get the money out in communities. But that's what care jobs are. They are shovel ready. The workers are ready now. These jobs can be filled now. Millions of people, primarily he hasn't even got to his feel-good story yet, Kerry. Let me see if I can get up to that. There's a feel-good story coming here, Kerry. Okay. And our most essential workers. And it's a smart thing to do for our economy. My sister and my brother. Here we go. I don't oh. know how. <laughs> I've been able to afford it. Then... Six years later, when Jill and I got married, I saw how difficult it was for her to start. He's <laughs> getting slower. He's got to save some fizz for the end. Q and A, Carrie. What he's saying? Well, listen. We cared, but actually, they weren't in school. He yet. cares. Now that I think about it. He forgot we where. We cared for our parents. At the end, 
Mark, he's going to take up our whole show. My dad. That's uh, done in a minute. And still not get to the point. Same with my mom. I want to hear the questions. Our entire family was there. That, there's got to be questions about how we're going to pay for this, right? I'm not trying. I'm not slowing it down on purpose, Gary. I think I'm not slowing down. The, you didn't computerize it. Slow mode. We know so many the pauses are. Same thing without the kind of help I had. But now, everything, everything feels different. Yeah. There's just that feeling. What? That sense. Isn't you it? just don't know if everything. The, the, the basement campaign's been working, Kev. What's? He's got a double-digit lead over Trump. I think he's uh, smoking something. He's. My dad oh, here he goes. Man. Now we're getting to the feel-good story. I mean, it's like, is anyone still is listening? Or has he put everyone to sleep? To mm-hmm. solve my problems. But I sure in hell expect him Whoops, you better watch those H-E double toothpicks. <laughs> I understand to my very core. And I also know that together we can do this. We can. This what is, is the do this? Do what? We don't settle. We aspire. And we succeed. How? So let's get the hell heck up. Whoops, yep, we almost slipped again. <laughs> let's get to work. Oh, now we're to the grandparents. Oh, good lord! I'd have walked out. Well, yeah, but you go on to ask questions. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think it'd be worth it at this point. Maybe because I'm impatient. Okay, here we go. He's finishing up. He pointed the finger. Here we go. What? He's walking off. Thank you, sir. That was rude. That was it. I mean, no questions. And not really said anything. It was story time. Sounds like library story time. Or like at the at the daycares when, when teachers start talking softer. Or I did with my kids where you read a book and you start talking softer and slower. Yeah. <laughs> purposely to get them to bed. And I, I, maybe they had to slow down the teleprompter so oh, he, could, he could keep up. Um, and don't, you know, back to the basement. Don't, you know, they're not going to let him, but answer questions or take questions. And why is that? Hmm. Um, you know, and, and what's he going to do? Do you want the leader of the, that was about 20 minutes. You can tell how he was fizzing out at right, the end of but 20 I'm minutes. Saying, do you what's now... he going to do on a two hour debate? Oh, I cannot wait. Now I usually don't watch the debates or I read the highlights after cause you know, I, I, you get so sick of politics, but. I, that's a debate I think would be fun to watch. Well, I, I'm not so sure those debates are going to happen. Uh, but they can get, have virtual debates on Zoom meetings so, and still hash it out. So we'll we'll spend, you know, but I do want, you know, and again, I, I know I'm not trying to, you know, ever we're overloaded on the politics and, and the, the election process isn't over yet by any means. But it's still, it's just the idea of, you know, we've always talked about on this show that you can't get too excited about presidential candidates campaign promises mm-hmm. um, because it's going to take a lot more than the White House to get those big tax agendas changed. You know, and so it, we talked about, you know, last week on this show, you know, the Senate, you got to watch those seats in the Senate. But I also in the beginning of June, you go back and listen to the podcast. Karen, I know you're going to tell mm-hmm. the folks how to get those. But, you know, I said, you know, is it time to seriously consider a new Democratic tax agenda? Um, you know, if Joe Biden, who has a double digit lead over Trump in the recent polls, mm-hmm. um, his his ba- his basement campaign seems to be working. Um, and, you know, the, there's uh, the, the, the some of the Senate seats are, you know, where the Republican seats are up right. for grabs. Uh, the Democratic challenger is winning the polls and winning, by the way, the um, the campaign, you know, the the 
uh, pledges of money. Right. You know, or, you know the, what I'm trying to say. Although here. this week um, there was a record day for Trump in raising campaign funds, which is promising. I mean, I remember in the other election, Mark, Hillary was way ahead. Yeah, that's true. The silent <laughs> so, majority, you know. Right. Um, so, you know, so is, is that happening again or not? So it's it, so all we're saying is, um, you know, if, you know, do you know, do you need to seriously start considering some of these tax proposals that the Democrats are saying that's how they're going to do it? You know, well, how the- they're going to pay for the, the, these these, um, you know, new changes. But even if Trump doesn't get reelected, I think the reality is our taxes and you're going to be have to be more mindful and be more proactive because chances are you're going to have be more taxed in some other way, whether it's property taxes, city taxes, school taxes. Sure. State local, local taxes, taxes are going federal up. Federal taxes. I don't know if they keep coming up money. I mean, the government's going to have to find a way to pay for all of this and the second round of stimulus or whatever's going right. on. And we so did- bottom line, I think it's, you know, they're going to have to do something. And, you know, we didn't get the Mitch McConnell Senate plan this week. You know, he we, we thought he was going to release it and he didn't. Um, so is that good or bad news? Um, well, we always say, you know, time on Capitol Hill moves differently than time in the rest of the country, right? Because um, they work so hard. Well, it's, it, you know, and, and it's it's always, you know, it's never the midnight hour yet. You know, there's mm-hmm. always one more day right. or one more week or one more month. Um, but it's eventually it or we're just gonna does put get a done. Band-aid so we um, kick it down the road. Kick the can down the road. Right. Instead you know? of really solving the problem, we're just going to band-aid it. And, oh, um, and so we, you know, but um, so we'll talk maybe a little about that today as well. But we have Joe Biden who, uh, again, when he when when he's when he's not on a teleprompter on a time 20 minute interval, mm-hmm. he gets into trouble. And did you hear him when he was talking you know, Part of this plank three that he was referring to was the idea, which I agree, and I've said on this show, we have a serious long-term care problem in this I country. I do, too. I disagree, Mark. I know. I don't think the government solution is a good solution. Well, I think we still, because the government doesn't do anything well, frankly. Well, Biden's, part of his package is, yeah, he doesn't want to take it over. What he wants in that $775 billion is oh. he wants to pay um, pay the workers more. You know, so the federal oh, government right. would paying the workers more, or he wants you know, or make it more available in home care. You or know, maybe they incentivize the nursing homes it. Have completely failed. Or maybe they incentivize it like they have with COVID rates. But you know. But did you hear him when he was talking about you know home health care that he remembers in the past with the nurses coming over? Yeah, I'll see if I can find. Do you it. know, us, I know home health care. I was going to say when I was like, I had other family members or neighbors took care of people, but. Regardless, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 between 9 and 10. And we are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about your financial life, whether you're working or you're retired, you're single, you're married, um, divorced, widowed, um, whatever your financial issues are. We're helping people take steps to protect their long-term financial stability and use strategies and know what you should do while working and then into retirement to create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible to have options to understand that you have um, more opportunities than you realize to put more money in your pocket. And if you use the tools and strategies out there effectively, you can get a better benefit and create a better result. And it's sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been around more than 35 years in the greater Cleveland area. And what we are is an Ohio registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm. We're traditional financial planners, number crunchers. What we do is financial models. If you're working, you know, building a financial plan of timing of Social Security, pension elections, when can you realistically afford to retire? Some people want to know, what if I retire? I was talking to a couple um, this week is they want to know a plan if I retire by the end of August and then another one if I wait until the end of 2021 because he has a year where he's turning 65 next year wants to know you know he has some numbers for building that um, because he said if I know I can retire end of August and I'm still going to be okay because they build in some travel. They build in few, even though it's not this year. Um, they have some things they'd want to do, home improvement. We build all these price tags and time frames. 
He said, I may stay at work till the end of 2021. I might stay till 2022. But the fact is, if I know I can leave tomorrow, it either changes, you know, how I feel about going into work or maybe I will just leave. I don't know. But to have that modeled in financial gives you the peace of mind. And then they also know what they can afford to spend. You know, they have grandkids. They want to start funding 529 plans. They'd like to help out their kids um, that have been laid off and maybe affected by jobs. And they want to know what is possible and what's not. And then also, um, in this case, he has a 401k traditional and a Roth 401k and, and trying to crunch the numbers to say how much should he can um, contribute to the traditional, how much he should contribute to the Roth and looking all of that in the long run. And then that's just an example of someone working, but we also help people who are in retirement and people, you know, we still are reminding people minimum required distributions are suspended. So that leaves a window of pulling money from the IRA and spending it or using it for expenses, home improvement, whatever. Um, sometimes spending is just having somebody paying for services so that pe- makes your life easier, house cleaner, landscaper, or whatever, or convert the balance into a Roth because all that will grow tax-free. That's opportunities. So we're always looking at different issues. And I know we've talked on previous shows about underutilized assets, um, but the company's been around a long time. Like our plans are customized, um, so are our fees. We have hourly and comprehensive retainer options, and we do offer a free no-obligation, no-pressure consultation by phone or in person. We're A-rated and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau, and we're also Super Service Award winners on multiple years on Angie's List. So if you want to take advantage of a consultation by phone or in person, you can give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website for the consultation. You can sign up. There's incentives our previous shows on podcasts and other helpful information as well as newsletters. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and I have Mark Donnelly this morning on financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So, yeah. So what is in Joe Biden's third plank? Well, all right. So basically it's it's dubbed the 21st century caregiving and education workforce plan. Uh, Biden's proposal would invest $775 billion over 10 years to rebuild and fortify the nation's caregiving economy, focusing on daycare and early childhood, in-home elder care, and long-term care for the disabled. So, you know, part, so yeah, so part of it, Carrie, is it's not the government necessarily taking over the long-term care industry, but they kind of are just going to bank it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so is that kind of the same thing? And I'm not, I'm not saying that may be the only solution because there, so far there's not a whole lot of solutions. Right. Um, all right. Um, okay. While the campaign provided a few specifics Monday as to where all the money would come from, uh, the initial outline said it would be paid for by rolling back unproductive and unequal tax breaks for real estate investors with incomes over $400,000 and taking steps to increase tax compliance for high income earners. Hmm. So you you, you get the trend here, Carrie, right? So it's the, it's the anti Donald Trump tax, right? So it, because remember in plank one, which was the, it was kind of like the, you know, the, 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 the millionaires, right? You know, right. it was kind of called the, the, the we kind of dubbed it the silver spoon tax or quite frankly, the Donald Trump junior tax. Remember? Cause remember I mentioned that on one of these previous shows is that that plank said, let, they want to get rid of the stub up and basis. Mm, that's going to be okay. huge. Which is kind of like a backdoor state tax. you know. Well, and, how many politicians might be affected? Are they going to exempt themselves? Well, I don't know. But, I mean, it's obviously going after, you know, so it's now dubbed the Donald Trump Jr. tax, right? Because mm-hmm. Donald Trump Jr. is not going to, you know, get a stub up in basis when Donald Trump. That's kind of passed. insulting. Okay. Um, now, in this plank three. OK, um, they're talking about the real estate and the and the real estate moguls. Hmm. What did Donald Trump do before he became president of the United States? He wasn't in the real estate at all, was he? Oh, Carrie? absolutely. Um, so now I guess I'm dubbing this the art of taxing the rich deal. Okay. Okay, because what they want to do is they want to go after people who make a lot of money in real estate transactions. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. 
Okay. Um, now, w- w- they want to go after the like-kind exchanges. So, Carrie, let, let me put this in English because right. maybe someone don't understand. Now, I know I'm losing people probably already, Carrie. This is what I get talking about tax law, and so it's so right. boring, right? But but there's, um, but there's if you own real estate, especially rental properties, right. you know, or, or stuff like that, um, you know, there's a special tax break that's um, that's it's under Internal Revenue Code Section 1031. Right. So it's known as the 1031, and it's called a like-kind exchange, right? Mm-hmm. And basically what it says is if you buy a rental property, in right. simple terms here, um, and you start depreciating it, which is one of the benefits that you can depreciate. A property. Um, you know, property to help you on the taxes, right? But then if you sell the property, you would have to realize the capital gain, including recapturing the depreciation expense that you already took. That becomes expensive, right? So there's this wonderful 1031 like-kind exchange exception that says uh, if you buy a like-kind property, meaning if you're up, upgrading your real estate holdings, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you bought you bought one rental property, but you you know you made some money on it, or you know, and but you want to exchange it for a bigger, better property that you'll make more rental money on it, right? And that's how you grow, right, in the rental business. So you can do that. You can as long as it's a like kind exchange. You don't have to trigger the capital gains at that point. They can continue to be deferred. Okay. And then in the old, and then at, even if you never, and, and then quite frankly, you could continue the 1031 exchanges. Now, I'm not saying it's an easy thing to follow. You got to cross the T's and dot the I's. Right. So talk about coordinated advisors, which you often do on this show. That is a very complicated maneuver, especially if you've never done it before. But, you know, it is possible right now. So that's what Biden's going after. He's saying he wants to get rid of the 1031 exchange exception. Um, you know, and, and so that's what he's talking about. So, you know, I don't know um, if, um, you know, if, if much of America cares about that. But, you know, if and all I'm bringing up is that, you know, you've got a vote coming up. And if you are in the rental business and you've taken advantage of the 1031 exchanges, OK, be aware of what the Democratic new tax agenda is. Or, you know, by the way, if you were planning that your estate plan was to get a, to move everything to capital appreciating property and then give that to your heirs at the time of your death and they would get a stub up in basis, be aware that's not the Democratic agenda. Now, the question is, where is that threshold going to fall? You know, is it going to be a millionaires? Is it going to be a 400,000? You know, that's the big question. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, but a, what a lot of people uh, are concerned about is, yeah, if they get it in the law, you know, that's the tough part. You know, getting the law changed. That's what you need. You know, the 50 percent of the votes in the House. Um, you need the White House. And right now you need 60 votes in the Senate. OK, um, now, but if you have that much power, you can make these permanent tax law changes. Right. And once you get the tax law change, it's much easier just to ratchet down the threshold mm-hmm. once it's on the books. Right. OK. Um, so where is he saying, well, it's four hundred thousand is the threshold for the 1031 exchange right now. But maybe in five years, guess what? That's dialed down to two hundred thousand. You know, I don't know. But I mean, that, so that's the you know, that's what a lot of people are concerned about. Um, and the idea of saying this is how, you know, they're, they're going to go taxes. But it's also the interesting about Biden's is, is you know, the idea of, of universal child care. Right. You know, and and see, there is a big problem in this country. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's be, expensive. I've been there. Yeah. I mean, quite in some places in the country, care it's, it's as expensive to send your uh, preschooler to, you know, child care than it is to send your freshman off to college. At a, at a public oh, university. Oh, I believe it. Oh, right? I know. We, I mean. Um, and look what happened to the student loan debt. Right. Um, it's the same thing. You know, our young parents going into debt, trying to work double, you know, right. you know, jobs. Now, see, in my in my time, um, you know, Margaret, um, we, she had to stop working when we had our second right. child. Because it wasn't financially. We worth, couldn't find. No, she was two kids. Yeah. yeah. Now, for me, my husband worked nights. We had to only send them part time so they didn't have to pay for full time. So he was not sleeping and taking care of the kids or, you right. know. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is. So so what they're saying. So, it, you know, but and, and it leads to a bigger issue that, you know, we see that the left, um, you know, the far left is kind of challenging. Right. Um, 
the nuclear family, Carrie. Oh, yeah. Um, and at one time, that was the American dream or the American heritage, right? And when they do... You get married, you have two and a half kids, and you, you get a job and you get a house. But nuclear family where you have a parent, you know, where you have two parents in the household... They, I don't care what the argument is. If you look at studies, you know, versus single parents or broken homes or whatever, the crime rate, not going to college, not finishing school, drugs. I mean, statistically, obviously, if you have a fa- or a supportive family or two parents or that are involved with a kid is much better. Statistically, I don't care since, the, you know, when they've been running the statistics since the 60s. And if 70s, you're the right color. That's not true. Yes, it is. Because if you have an African-American or whatever family and a two-family home versus single home, I've heard some of the sociologists talk about the statistics. It's your white privilege, Carrie. Don't start that, Mark. Now, (laughs) so, and you think that we're kidding. Well, I'm going to give you three articles. Okay. um, That if you think that I'm kidding, that part of the Democratic Socialist left is saying the nuclear family family is a failed system. Oh, absolutely. I've Go. read some of that okay, so or the, mission statements. So the first is, you know, the renowned journalist David Brooks. Okay. So he wrote an article in the March issue of The Atlantic and he entitled it The Nuclear Family Was a Mistake. So there's some good reading for you. Um the second one is an article by Sophie Lewis. Um now she is the author of the book Full Surrogacy Now, and but she also wrote an article recently entitled the coronavirus crisis shows it's time to abolish the family. Okay. Um, the third article uh, that I recently read is by Marie Solis. Um, and she entitled her article, We Can't Have a Feminist Future Without Abolishing the Family. Where in, in that Excuse article, me? she agrees with Sophie's Lewis's, you know, case that, you know, and why you should also agree with that. So I'm, I'm going to get off this right now because I could... I know. Yeah, we could go. But I just want to read you, you know, a little bit from that one article. Um, So even those of us who might call our family situations relatively happy should sign on to this project of demolishing their essential structure. Nuclear households create the infrastructure for capitalism, passing wealth and property down family trees. Stop. Concentrating it in the hands of the few at the top of our class hierarchy. Maintaining the traditional family structure over time has also meant exploiting people of color and disowning queer children. Capitalism. So they have a clearly different agenda? Now, Hmm. you're saying, Mark, that's just the far left. But if... Joe Biden's, you know, plank three is all about providing universal child care, meaning taking your preschoolers out of your home and Mm -hmm. putting them into an institution where who's going to be running that institution. Is that a pathway we're going to go down? Gary, what do you say? What says you? Oh, my goodness. I I don't even know what to say right this moment. Um I just want to remember, but you got me uh, kind of, uh, I'm trying to choose my words okay. carefully. Well, well, let me talk about something. Okay. Because I know what everyone wants to know is, you know, do I, Mark, do I have to take my required minimum distribution this year? And the answer is no. Okay. And so, that's true of inherited IRAs including also. Inherited IRAs. So, so if you have not heard yet, or you're still questioning that, um, no, uh, what the government, they have suspended for 2020, all required minimum distributions, whether it's your own or whether it's an inherited one and you're the beneficiary. Okay. Now you say, well, Mark, I already took mine. Um, so what can I do? Well, you can roll it back. Okay. So what the government has done through the treasury and the IRS is what they've done is they've, they've loosened all the rules that normally we talk about a 60 day rollover rule. They threw all the old rules out the window for this year only. Okay. And what they're saying is, you know, if you already taken your RMD before we change the law that says you didn't, you have until August 31st to roll it back without any type of penalty. Right. Okay. Um, so it the sixty days doesn't matter. The one the one rollover every three hundred sixty five days doesn't matter. So in other words, if you are doing a monthly systematic, you can still roll it all back. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, you if you call your IRA custodian and they're not aware, because Carrie, we've had some. I've had somebody that said they called the IRS, confirmed, they've called their custodian. The custodian said it happened to be an annuity and, and she had taken some money with that. And they said no. Right. So if you if you call the 800 number and you get a quick answer back saying, well, we don't think that's right, you have to immediately say, I need to talk to your supervisor. Right. You need to ratchet up. And even if, like this case, they're talking to the supervisor, they're still not getting anywhere. They're writing a letter, attaching some of the IRS rulings, and sending it to another department. Right. Now, the more complicated case are the ones that you know, did the required minimum distribution. They want to roll it back, but they did withholding taxes on those distributions. Uh, now this is getting trickier. Okay. Um, but as we understand it, the way it's supposed to work. Okay. And, and I, maybe I do put quotations around that supposed to work. Um, so let's say simple example, you took $20,000 out of your IRA and you had $4,000 of withholding done. So you netted $16,000 and the $4,000 went to the federal government for federal withholding. You want to roll it all back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So supposedly what you're supposed to do is you would have to put 20000 back in to the IRA custodian. So you have to come up with maybe extra of your own money. Right. And then they're supposed to, at the end of the year, send some type of acknowledgement to the IRS that you indeed indeed you indeed returned all twenty thousand, and then somehow the government's going to refund you the four thousand so that I went with all. Potentially have to come up with money and wait nine months or more to get it back. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so you know, so it's a little bit trickier if you had withholding done on those distributions. Um, but you know, it, 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 you know, we are still getting questions and the, and the point there is don't look now, Carrie, but we're heading into August. I know it. Um, so if you remember that August 31st date, right. You know, as, as a, a time for that and back to school, hopefully. And, Regardless of if you want help with these issues, again, whether you're working or in retirement already, want to look at IRA distribution planning, Roth conversions, or any other issue that can impact your financial life, we'll let you know if we can help you or if we can't. Remember, we're fee-based. Ohio-registered fiduciary planners have been around more than 35 years. We are not investment advisors. What we do is either our clients are do the investments, investing on their own or we work with their existing investment advisor. We look at your asset, assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency. You can call for a free consultation again by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Listen to Mark Downing, Kara Waddell. And Kara, just to follow up on, to finish up on Joe Biden, I said I, I found the quote or the clip that I wanted to play about um, when he goes off teleprompter and he's talking about, you know, the home health care or yeah. whatever. It, it gets a little creepy. So well, I that's not unusual for Joe. If you, if you heard this. Let's see. see if it's get going here. At uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear. Wow. And go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually, probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time. But no, you can't, Joe. They'd actually <laughs> breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. Now the nurse who was side by side there was just like kind of just she's got her blank expression is like what am I taught you know you know yikes so you know see see that he's just kind of creepy I mean well I mean that's why he's got to stay in the basement <laughs> I, I mean no one's accomplished more from the basement than Joe Biden all which, right which um, is very little all right. Um, what else do you want to talk about? You want to here? talk about just quickly? I know I talk about on the show like single widow divorce that the well, that yeah, they, so, they talked so about the, the baby COVID book. is causing. I, I've read articles. I've heard people from who work in Cleveland law firms um, that you know they talked about the COVID baby boom. They also said beware of the divorce boom. Um, not only because they're because there's still virtual filings that they said early on there were attorneys that said a lot of people called 
you know, questioning divorce. But as soon as those virtual courts open, the filings are through the roof. I so, guess too much togetherness. Is that what they're blaming it on? It's just people. Well, when it was they're... interesting. I was starting to look up because I've heard, kept finding articles. They said, you know, there's always an uptick in divorce after traumatic events. One of okay. the largest increases in the U.S. divorce rate followed World War Two. So they said when there's a okay. big crisis and now you have the um, emotional toll of COVID, the isolation, some people, the financial has just been too much for some of the couples. And certainly we've had people coming in that have gone through a divorce or in the middle of going through a divorce and sorting things out. And it's a game changer of splitting the assets and trying it's to figure out, right, trying to figure out what can I spend? How long do I have to work? Do I have to get a second job? So we've helped many people through that issue. And and there's some people that didn't see it coming. Well, and I guess, Gary, too, I mean, just the finance. I mean, we, we always know that financial difficulties lead to divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so right. how much financial difficulty has this shutdown caused? Or they say they talk about too much togetherness. Um, and actually, it started in China. They said they started tracking the divorce rates because well, during the lockdown, divorce rates went through the roof. It started in the Wuhan, you know, <laughs> yeah, was it probably, the bat soup? Yeah. Is, you know, so the bat soup causing a divorce rate too. Um, but I also have read, Carrie, where the the baby boom um, thought is not going to prove out. Mm-hmm. Did you see that article? No, I haven't. I heard that. I've I've read that because always like when there's a snowstorm. But, well, well, everyone was but I would theorizing that, that yeah, that right, when the power also, goes out, there's that you know. When that you would, have the um, potential financial worry, I would hope. Well, that at, you'd at least be thoughtful about. Okay, so what your choice? What this article was saying was that they're they've seen an increase, and I, I kind of I, I didn't. Cap, I didn't uh, make a copy of the article, but it was basically what they were saying is that young potential mothers okay. are, you know, the um, the birth control uh, usage right. is way up. Which and, we have all options out there today. So. And, you know, and, and there's also, you know, they're getting comments. I guess the doctors are getting comments from their young, right. you, you know, mother pa- or young wife patients mm-hmm. that I'm not going to have a child in a, in a virus. Okay. Um, you know, so so which that's reasonable. I mean, you can see why. So we'll see if we do have the baby boom. Well, def- definitely based on the filings yeah. across the United States, the divorce room boom. So that's I think real. so. I think if, unless you mediate, I think some it's going to help uh, attorneys <laughs> with their revenue because I've heard a couple law firms where they've gotten. You know, usually they get a couple of calls a month where they're getting four to five a week. Right. So it's alarming. All right. Um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? So we're saying we got to wait another week to see if um, we're going to get or we will get or will we get the Senate's version of their next stimulus, the, what I'm calling the CARES Act 2 or the fifth Well, yeah, because don't they want to go on break? So, Well, I don't know if the country can wait. I, I, right. But I'm saying I mean, maybe the $600 a week is running out. Right. Um, rents and due that's August. been an issue because some people don't go back to work because they're getting paid more not to work. Um, but, but in the reality is, if you have kids, you don't have daycares open for them. But, you know, the problem is, um, you know, they they it didn't end well in the week for the, the gops. Right. Because, you know, you had you know, you thought we were going to get something and all we got was it looked like they were just, you know, fighting with each other. You know, all you know, the Democrats loved it, right? You know, because the Heroes Act, you know, Nancy Pelosi got that thing passed. You know, that three trillion dollar passed. You know, months ago, right? A couple of months ago. Yeah, but look at how much stuff is added on. Not even. You know, so shouldn't be in it. But one of the things is, you know, are we going to get the um, the next stimulus check? And. That was a big contention, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, though, we had, you know, right at the end of the week, you know, Treasury Secretary um, Minuchin. I, I'm just going to call him that, Carrie. Is that okay? Because I don't know how to pronounce his name. Stephen, I'm just going to call him Minuchin. Mm-hmm. All right. Minuchin. Um, he came out and said that it's decided that the Senate 
GOP, you know, version is going to keep the exact same stimulus check as the first round. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so remember, I, I mentioned last week, I said, don't plan that Hawaii trip yet. Even I don't think Hawaii's opened yet, but don't plan their, your one tank trip yet if you are counting on the second stimulus check. Because even if you got a stimulus check in the first round, you might not be getting one in the second round. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently that, you know, that was decided that, no, the Republicans are going to say, yeah, it does just keep it the same. That simplifies it, right? Because you don't have to write a whole new law, right? Just dupe the law over. So presumably, whatever amount you receive the first time round, you're going to get a second time, Carrie, right? Um, and I guess further, presumably, if you did not qualify for a check the first time, guess what? You're not getting one? You're probably not getting a second time. Now, if you're dead, Carrie, I think I got bad news for you. I hope I be- hope you're not getting it again. Be- yeah, because you, I don't think you're going to get the second round, even if you got the first round. Okay. All right. Um, so are they going to be a little more careful about that? Yeah. So I, I and by the way, if you are dead and you get the second check again, don't forget that you got to send it back to the treasury. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you've forgotten how much those amounts are, because you now you know that it is coming, and you want to plan that how to spend it, because that's what the government wants you to do, right? We right. we're supposed to go out and spend that, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what gets the money circulating again. That's what keeps the consumers buying. That's what keeps the small businesses open. So they want you to go spend that money, okay, um, on on hard assets, you know, and and um, not just necessarily paying down debt. Don't right. don't do something foolish like that. Go out and spend it, right? Um, now, so if you've forgotten what those amounts are, that's twelve hundred dollars for a single, right? Mm-hmm. As long as your adjusted gross income is seventy five thousand dollars or below, and then. It starts getting phased out when a single your AGI starts going over seventy five thousand, completely phased out at ninety nine thousand. So if you're married jointly, it's twenty four hundred. If you're under the hundred and fifty thousand dollar AGI threshold, um, starts getting phased out above that. Total phase out occurs at about one hundred ninety nine thousand of adjusted gross income. Now, if you've got children in the household. Okay, mm-hmm. meaning sixteen and under. Right. Okay. Um, it's an extra five hundred dollars each for them. Okay. Right. Um, so that you know, but like I said, you know the the. Um, so I, I guess you can count on that because we already know the you know the the, the Democrats in the House want it. Um, now President Trump wanted his payroll tax cut, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Guess what? Not going to get it. Nah, it's not it's cut from the plan right um, well i think they should just keep the plans or the proposals to what it's well, supposed to be and that may be the reason i'm just pure conjuncture on my point that may be the reason why mcconnell couldn't come out and announce this before the weekend because maybe he got word from the white house hey wait a second where's where's trump's payroll tax cut right or what do you mean there's no payroll tax cut in the version so we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll learn by monday Okay. Um, so are all the senators happy with the plan, Carrie? No, of course not. Senator Rand Paul, supporters of this package should be ashamed of themselves. Well, that's that's no, I mean, that's not surprising from Rand Paul. Okay. Um, let's see. How about Senator Ted Cruz? Um, he's saying, you know, what the heck? Um, you know, why are we still debating about this? We have an election coming up. We don't get this package passed. We ain't going to win anything. Forget the White House. We're going to lose the, 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 the 50 votes in the Senate. So get, get you know, so, you know. So it's about votes, right? Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but, you know, we will, we will, you know, keep an eye on whether or not um, if we do get more stimulus package, um, not only the idea of another stimulus check or if you should be expecting yours or not, um, or if you're dead and you get one, what, what do you need to do? Um, but also, you know, the, it's the unemployment. I think they're going to have to extend the, that, you know, that special unemployment because 
that's what really helps the economy go. And the other one that they're going to have to do is do something for the state and localities, right, Gary? Right. Um, now they're still that's the there's still a big gap between the two parties. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah. I mean, the Democrats in the Heroes Act, they were talking. They wanted about one trillion. You know, that was going to go to a lot of state and locals, including school and right. and stuff like that. Where the Republicans are talking about 105 billion. Right. It's just so hard to get your head around. But that's a big difference. Oh, I, I, it's a huge difference. But, you know, that's a lot of money. Um, and it's our money as taxpayers. Where else are they getting from? So, you know, I don't know. I guess if they were more responsible with our money as they are protected of their own money. But, you know, in a world. So. So, again, why we talk about these subjects is because, yeah, Mark, aren't these things all beyond our control? Yes. But. You know, should you be, you know, should you perhaps be saying what happens if this does happen? Um, Am I going to still be okay? Um, Will my public pension be affected if the government doesn't give the state and localities, you know, four or five hundred billion dollars to help with the public pensions, to help support the schools? Um, you know, you know, or, you know, are, are, if the Democrats, are they going to raise my taxes? You know, are they going to take away the step up in basis? Are they going to take away, um, the 1031 like kind exchange? What else do they got planned? Um, you know, and would, you know, and the idea of saying, okay, or if, if we get in, if this is so, if, if bad news crashes the market again, Carrie, right? We still have a lot of unemployed people. You know, we've always say the economy isn't the stock market, right? Right. Um, you know, jobless claims came in worse this week than mm-hmm. expected, right? Um, and there's a and and but we, Joe Biden's going to give us all those and, jobs, and we don't know the shovel-ready caregiver jobs. Right. Um, we don't know if we're going to have to shut down again. Um, uh, we better not shut down again. And we don't know when the vaccine. Don't say shut down uh, again. That. So you know it, it's hard. So you can say, well, I'm I, you know, you're the the problem sometimes, Carrie, is that. The fear of the unknown paralyzes you. Well, people say, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm not going to do anything, which is the worst thing you could do. Because if you know how you need to react and plan, or maybe you're going to be okay. Well, personally, I want to be better than okay. Or I want to know if I'm not going to be okay, what do I need to be okay? Right. Whether it's a health issue, I'm going to throw everything I can, whether it's my financial plan, my health. I want to be as proactive as possible to put myself in the best possible position or at least stack my odds, you know, all the odds in my favor. And, you know, so some of the things is you want to be saying, well, what should I be doing, Mark? Well, one would be what's your defense against an extended economic downturn? What if this V-shape turns into a U-shaped or, God forbid, an L-shaped? Um, you know, or W shape where we have a double dip, right? Um, well, you know, the first thing is, you know, preserve your cash reserve. All right. Cause that's your first line of defense, you know, where you, 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 you know, you don't have to sell your stocks low to do, you know, to do something. You've got an adequate cash reserve. Um, you know, another one right now is let's say you've got a good adequate cash reserve, um, but you're still if you haven't if you still have a mortgage debt and you haven't taken advantage of refinancing at these low mortgage rates, do it. Mm-hmm. OK, it's a lot of work. I understand that, but it's worth it. All right. Um, you know, if if you or if you're saying, well, I cannot go out and buy that new house. Right. Because I'm not sure if I'm going to have a job in six months or if I'm not sure if they're going to cut my public pension or I'm not sure if my stocks are going to lose, you know, money as opposed to gaining money. So these are things where we can run different scenarios right. and say, okay, let's go down those pathways and let's model that in and see what the robot says. If we model in a worse case scenario than right. what your model, your plan A is saying, are you still going to be okay or do you need to do something? And what's realistic and what's not as far as my spending. And once you know a worst case scenario that you're going to be okay, then you're going to be comfortable spending that money or making decisions and spending can mean different things to different people. 
call the estate planning team for a free consultation. You have nothing to lose. We even do consultations by phone or in person. We've been around a long time, seen lots of things. We'll be honest. And if we can't help you, we'll let you know. What we do is um, we give our clients recommendations based on detailed, objective analysis. And we have incentives for people to come in and look at these issues. Even if you're necessarily not sure what you can do when it comes to your financial life, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. I got to calm down. You know, Mark, I did find a headline. Dr. Fauci even said... I don't think he does not think it's necessary to shut down the country uh, again. And even did you see this week um, a a world renowned um, epidemiologist in the UK has studied around the world. said there's no proof of any pupil to teacher spread in all of the globe. So he's saying we need to open the the schools schools because children are minimally involved. I mean, with precautions, definitely. Yeah. And I'm on board. But you got to buy off the teachers that are too old to go back to that's what the money is. Or they could get N95 mask and there's, there's, yeah, you know, not a shortage. Yeah. Right. So, how do you stay happy in a pandemic here? Money? Is that it? No. Uh, so, this is, this is an interesting <laughs> article. Helene Olin out of the Washington Post. Why the age of inequality has turned us into less happy Americans. It's an interesting article. Here. Because you're not, the gratitude is a good way to stay happy. Be thankful and grateful for the things that you do have going for you. So money can't buy happiness. Is that the old adage? She right. starts off her article. Uh, so she says, people cite me a study from a decade ago that found earning in excess of $75,000 annually had little impact on people's daily state of mind. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but she says... Um, you know, they ignore other uh, more recent surveys of millionaires who found those with eight million banked were happier than most of those. Well, yeah, because happiness. To, I mean, not. Well, happiness. I mean, I, 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 I don't agree that if you got eight million or more, you're probably pretty happy. But well, I even think just even less than that. I, I mean, money. I think because money solves problems, gives you flexibility, peace of mind. But yeah, you still should practice gratitude. Income inequality was not much of an issue in the early to mid-70s when the top 1% of households earned less than 10% of the total income in the United States. Okay. Currently, Carrie, I think about the top 1% earn about 21% of the total. Okay. You know, so it's no more than double in, since the 70s. Um, but by the way, that top 1%, I think they pay more than 90% of the bottom 90% in taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, but, you know, she says, you know, the necessities of life didn't come down in price. See, luxuries are cheap, but necessities are expensive. R- That's true. the gap that right. we have in this country. Um, and I think the smiling, not not being able to, everybody has to wear masks now in public. Nobody smiles at each other anymore. Um, <laughs> you know? So, you know, the cost of health care has soared. The cost of college educations has soared. Um, so now, you know, the two earner families have became the norm. But now we have the we can't pay for child care. So we can't do two families anymore. It's a big problem. It's going to continue. But are these the trends that are going to change how, what you're thinking the financial future is going to be? All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation or visit the website for other helpful information. Sign up for the newsletter. Listen to podcasts at 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.